After his first trip to London, the famed American evangelist D.L. Moody was asked if he had had the privilege of hearing Spurgeon preach. Moody responded, yes, but better still, I heard him pray. Welcome to Made for Another World podcast, where we hope to keep each other, and hopefully you too, on the path to another world, one we were made for. With Aaron Alvarado and me, Jacob Simmons. Episode 10, Spurgeon on the Priority of Prayer. These are, uh, this book is is some of Charles Spurgeon's sermon, some of Charles Spurgeon's sermons compiled into one book Mm -hmm. uh, by Jason K. Allen. And just a little bit of information on Jason. He serves as the fifth president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and Spurgeon College. He and his wife Karen have five children, Anne-Marie, Caroline, William, Alden, and Elizabeth. And in case, in case by some chance, uh, you need some kind of an introduction to Charles Spurgeon and why a book would be compiled from his writings on prayer, Jason provides that in the introduction to this book. He says, nearly 200 years ago, after his birth, Charles Spurgeon still stands as an icon on the evangelical landscape. His renown has proven global in reach and constant in endurance. Christians everywhere still speak of Spurgeon. Most who are familiar with church history know at least the broad contours of his life and ministry. Spurgeon was born in 1834 and lived and ministered in London, England until his death in 1892. By age 19, He was pastoring one of the largest churches in London and was well on his way to accruing a global reputation and influence. Known as the Prince of Preachers, Spurgeon and his hero George Whitfield are commonly regarded as the two greatest preachers of the English language. The theologian Carl F. H. Henry was right when he described Spurgeon as one of evangelical Christianity's immortals. But what made Spurgeon such a powerful preacher? What made the Metropolitan Tabernacle such a dynamic church? On both counts, Spurgeon cited prayer as the secret to their success. Spurgeon pointed to prayer as the empowerment of his ministry and of his church. Every Monday night, congregants gathered in the auditorium for a prayer meeting, which, according to Spurgeon, was the secret of the church's power. Similarly, on Sundays, while Spurgeon preached, the Metropolitan Tabernacle basement teemed with church members praying for the worship service, the preaching of the Word of God, for the conversion of sinners, and for Spurgeon himself. Spurgeon occasionally took church visitors to the basement and would declare, here is the powerhouse of the church. Hmm. What, what age were you when you started pastoring? <laughs> uh, senior pastoring? 26. Yeah, which was... Pretty young, Terrifying. right? <laughs> yeah. Nineteen years old, man. Yeah. I don't think I knew that until until this book. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, well, can you think of yourself as a nineteen-year-old? Like I would. Uh, <laughs> poor church. <laughs> yeah, <that's what> <laughs> man, I would jump ship so fast if I stepped up there at nineteen. <laughs> Who is this kid? Yeah. <laughs> I would jump ship as, I don't know if this is what you're saying, as the as a member of that church. Yeah, that's what no I mean. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, uh, but he was obviously voted in. Obviously, yeah. Uh, something stuck about this 19-year-old mm-hmm. kid. Different breed, it seems. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to 
I wasn't there, but I'm going to guess he's probably a little more mature at 19 than I was at 19. <laughs> I'm just going to assume. He was probably more mature at 19 than I am now at 37. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not because he's so mature, but because I'm so immature. Yeah. But still, it, it still, still the bar is true. Yeah. yeah. For me too. You and I are both there, which is why we can say that about each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the that I heard about it a couple of times though that basement where mm. like he would take visitors and say like this is the the powerhouse of the church is right here like this is where um, like it, every everything that happens in a church service is like this is where it happens because people are praying for it that was an amazing picture the very first time I heard it like mm. a basement full of 50 to 100 people praying for the service right. um I was like, no wonder, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that, of course, you know, like, of course you're, whoever is hearing that is going to go, man, like, yeah, right. I'll, I'll be saved right here, <laughs> you know, because it, think of the power of that, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, so I was just that, that image is a, is a very cool image to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we'll get obviously into a lot of the, the, his ideology of prayer, I guess, and, and what the importance of it to him. And I think that shows, we'll see how much that shows throughout the book in this episode. But, um, the fact that he had, I'm assuming by that age, he was already, he had prayer as a priority. Um, and I'm going to reference previous episodes, probably a lot through this episode because we talk about prayer, you know, pretty often. Um, but to have that, the importance that he obviously had on prayer as we'll get to here, um, is, is huge, you know, not just at his age, but right. the fact that you, that they have, um, you know, the, that basement of, of, is it basement? Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Basement of people just praying like for a service, like that's awesome. Yeah. You know, most people, most churches, I guess there are some that do that, you know, the prayer throughout the service and there's a right. prayer room somewhere. Um, I don't think that happens a lot anymore. Yeah. I don't think, uh, and it would be good if it did. Hmm. So what you're saying is, if your church doesn't have it, they need to build a basement. Yes. Okay. Dig a basement, but main main takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> well, but I think you bring up an interesting point there because part of our part of our conviction and even doing this podcast was to to obviously help each other to that mm-hmm. that other world. And there seems to be uh, throughout all of these books that we've gone through so far, there seems to be like common threads, common yeah. points that every author brings up and it's prayer, uh, confessing sin, reading your Bible, like very simple mm-hmm. in the, you know, like, or not, maybe not simple, but basic, like basic necessities. But mm-hmm. yet every author makes it a point to say, these are things that should be priority. Right. Basic, yes, but priority. Um, and so it's interesting that maybe we should compile a list of mm these are yeah maybe so basic from all of these authors yeah a a basic necessity list yeah maybe there's a better way to word it i'll let you handle that yeah (laughs) well the prince of preachers goes on because again all all of this is a compilation of just his sermons but a little further he says we must make a few distinctions this is again now spurgeon speaking we must make a few distinctions at the outset There's a great difference between the prayer of a soul seeking mercy and the prayer of a saved person. If you sincerely seek mercy of God through Jesus Christ, you shall have it. Uh, 
whatever may have been your previous condition of life, if now penitently you seek the Lord's face through the appointed mediator, you will find him. If the Holy Spirit has taught you to pray, hasten to the cross and rest your guilty soul on Jesus. We must speak in a different way to the saved. You have now become the people of God. While you will be heard and will daily find the grace every seeker receives in answer to prayer, you're now a child of God and thus under a special discipline as such. In that discipline, answers to prayer occupy a high position. There's something for a believer to enjoy over and above bare salvation, mercies, blessings, comforts, and favors that render his present life useful, happy, and honorable, though not irrespective of character. They are not matters of salvation, but these honors are given or withheld according to our obedience. If you neglect obedience, your heavenly Father will withhold these honors from you. The essential blessings of the covenant of grace stand unconditioned. The invitation to seek for mercy is addressed to everyone, but other choice blessings are given or withheld according to our attention to the Lord's rules and His family. To give a common illustration, if a hungry person were at your door asking for bread, you would give it to him, whatever might, his, might be his character. You will also give your child food, whatever may be his behavior. You will not deny your child anything that is necessary for life, but there are many other things your child may desire that you will give him if he is obedient, but will withhold if he is rebellious. Well, okay. To start off, just such good language. Mm -hmm. Because I've had very similar thoughts throughout life of like, you know, kind of the battle of... Uh, Oh, if I do this, God will bless me. Mm. Um, the what is that? The, the prosperity gospel. Mm. You know, like you you want to you hear things like that. You're like, okay, I don't want that, but but it's still in scripture. Mm -hmm. It's still uh, and what we see is like it's still a part of who we are. Um, there are things that if you murder someone, you will have negative consequences. You know, like guilt, shame, mm. uh, prison, all of those things included. And like the, those are all true. So if you disobey, things will go poorly. And if you obey, if you don't murder someone, most likely going to have a pretty easygoing time. You're not going to be in prison. Um, and so like those are true. But how how do you reconcile? Hmm. Well, but I can't obey for this to happen. Like how the prosperity gospel kind of manipulates things. And he just says it like this. Well. If your child is starving or hungry, you give him food. Mm -hmm. But you don't let him go out to the playground if he's not being obedient. It's like, well, man, of course, mm -hmm. like that's the way you say it. It's so simple and uh -huh. so <laughs> thoughtful. But there it is. Yeah. 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 I liked his, uh, the illustration of the hungry person and the child. But even like, I guess to, to tweak that a little bit. Not that it was oh. bad. Well, but I, I was just thinking like two children. Like for instance, you have two daughters, you know, and we have three daughters. Three daughters? Ish. Yeah, the number fluctuates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's say you have two daughters. Uh, <laughs> one is being obedient and good and one is being disobedient and bad. And it's dinner time, so you're gonna feed them both. They're both your children. The one that's being obedient and good, hey, maybe you get a brownie after dinner. But the one that's being disobedient, hey, unless you're obedient, you don't get a brownie. Like, you're still my child. I still love you. I will take care of you. But you don't get the treats. Like, you know? Um, 
not saying that's better than this illustration because I will not say that, <laughs> but it was just that's kind of how I I thought about it. But um, but it's a good reminder that it's not just uh, our obedience is more than well. I don't want to. That almost leans into the prosperity. <laughs> right. like, it's, it's a hard <laughs> hard line to strike. Yeah, yeah. A hard balance, to and strike. it's also the heart behind the obedience. Yeah. Is, you know, it's not, I'm, I need to be obedient so that I can get the brownie. It's, you know, I need to be obedient because I love my dad. I love my heavenly father or whatever. Right. But if he gives me the brownie, great. If not, mm -hmm. great. Yeah. I've got him. Still yeah. a great dad. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. So if, if he was sitting here, Spurge, you'd say, Spurge, listen, hey, man. man. <laughs> That was great. You could have been greater. Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> Warning track power. Could have been a home run. <laughs> oh, man. We'll, we'll move on from there. Going on a little further, he says, Did you ever read Psalm 34 and carefully consider where David was when his prayer had such God's good speed with God? He says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. Now, where do you think David prayed that prayer? Read the heading of the psalm, a psalm of David, when he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. You recollect what he did. He played the madman and let his spittle down his beard, acted the fool and was never more a fool except once than he was then. And yet, even then, in his fool's play, God heard his prayer. There's something very teaching here. You, child of God, though you may have gone ever so far astray and played the fool, let not this keep you back from the mercy seat. It was built on purpose for unworthy sinners to come to. You are such. If God did not hear you except in your good times, why then would you perish? <clears throat> uh, why, why then you would perish? The gates of His grace are open at night as well as at day, and sinning saints may come and find mercy as well as those who have kept their garments white. Do not, I pray you, get into the ill habit of judging that your prayers are not heard because of your failings in spirit. Man so encouraging like uh, and like you said the language is just so i don't know, like just smooth yeah. like you get it but it's also rich and heavy like man uh i underlined where he said though you may have gone ever so far astray and played the fool let not this keep you back from the mercy seat it was built on purpose for unworthy sinners to come you are such uh, man like there's I guess there's a difference praying in praying in your disobedience, kind of like we were talking about, and then praying in just your dark times. Like it's it's not dark because of disobedience; it's just dark because it's a, a hard time, hmm. um, or I'm just I'm I'm struggling, or wh whatever the situation is. But that's prayer is there's not just one lane to prayer, I guess. Not to make it sound too, I don't know, in, un, un, incorrect, unbiblical. <laughs> but, you know, there, there are different reasons, obviously, to pray. Um, but the encouragement is that it's not just a—you uh, you can pray in, in the heavy times, 
Hmm. And that is just as important, I guess, hmm. as when you're praying in praise, I guess, because essentially that is a form of praise too. I don't know. My thoughts are all over the place, but it was, very, it was just very encouraging. That's what Spurgeon do to you. Man. <laughs> the, the, um, just this simple idea of saying, don't let your failings in spirit keep you from the mercy seat. Like that's what mm. it was made for. Yeah. Was just, yeah. Oh man. Well, mm. and of of course, like you you read that and you say, yes, of course, that's what it was for. But then, to to think. Of, like all of these years I've heard about the mercy seat, never once thought necessarily about like, it's like, that was what it was made for. Mm -hmm. Like it's a mercy seat. Right. It's for mercy. It's, <laughs> it's for sinners to come yeah. to. Not, mm -hmm. not somebody who doesn't need mercy. Right. Um, and yet in my own head, when I, when I sin, when I'm uh, in, in any kind of sin, I then think, well, I've I've kind of blown it, mm -hmm. you know. Like I, like why well, pray now? Like I I feel far from him. I mm -hmm. I ran away, right? Uh, and yet I I play the fool. I am the fool. Right. Like I, I don't have to play the fool. I mm -hmm. am the fool. <laughs> and yet, don't let it keep you back. Yeah, all the more reason. Yeah. Mm. Home run. Home. That, that, okay. Yeah. Home yeah. run. Good job, Spurge. <laughs> <clears throat> well, the next at bat, if you will, is your eye okay? I don't know, man. I can't. <laughs> it's hard to read a book when you got something in your eye. We're good. Is it those things you were trying to catch before? <laughs> you know, like because you're <laughs> the little floaties. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All right, we'll make it. Just let me know <clears throat> if we need to put you on the IR. <laughs> we ought not to tolerate. We ought not to tolerate for a minute. The ghastly and grievous thought that God will not answer prayer. His nature, as manifested in Christ Jesus, demands it. He has revealed himself in the gospel as a God of love, full of grace and truth. How can he refuse to help those of his creatures who humbly, in his own appointed way, seek his face and favor? Let us recollect next his past character as well as his nature. I mean the character that he has won for himself by his past deeds of grace. Consider, my brethren, that one stupendous display of bounty. If I were to mention a thousand, I could not give a better illustration of the character of God than that one deed. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for, all, for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If the Lord did not refuse to listen to my voice when I was a guilty sinner and an enemy, how can he disregard my cry now that I am justified and saved? How is it that he heard the voice of my misery when my heart knew it not and would not seek relief, if after all he will not hear me now that I am his child, his friend? The streaming wounds of Jesus are the sure guarantees for answer prayer. His child and his friend. Mm. And he, he says this because I'm sure he knows that everyone in that room at the time hearing this and... and uh, and himself, like we all feel that. We all feel like a, well, I, I, I ran from God. Like God's not going to hear me now. Um, maybe he, you know, hears it audibly, but it's like, no, you're a sinner. I'm not going <laughs> to listen to you right now. Like you're not, you're playing the fool. Like get out of here. Um, and maybe we don't say any of that out loud, but 
our heart certainly believes it. Mm-hmm. And so come to this where he says, uh, will he not hear me now that I'm his child? Mm. Like it, any any good father, obviously we all have bad father in us because I'm thinking of all the times I've ignored my kids. Like, <laughs> I heard you the thousandth time when you said it. You know, you don't have to t- say it continuously. But um, if, if you're a good father, if you're not me, you know... And if I hear my child crying, I'm going to go to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was one of the books we covered already said, um, how can a, if a father sees their sick child, um, like their heart will go toward them. It will go for them, not mm-hmm. uh, not away from them. And what is sin but the greatest illness? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And just thinking about that, like from a fatherly perspective is, so good <laughs> and the you know the times where we feel like you know he's, he's he doesn't hear my prayer because of xyz whatever it may be i mean how many times are we commanded to pray or you know i mean you throughout the whole bible i mean there's we're commanded over and over and over you know seek the lord you know petition the lord why would he command us to do something that he's just going to ignore? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, yeah. if, if you told your children to do something or to say, hey, if you're outside playing when you need me, holler at me, you know? Well, when you hear them holler, you're not going to be like, well, why are they hollering at me now? Like, <laughs> you told them to. Like, you're right. going to hear him. You're going to listen. Like, that's, he wouldn't command us to do something and then be like, nah, I don't really care this time. Like, in, in that, we're being obedient. So... That's that's something we have to remember too. It's not a. It's easy for our prayers to feel like a burden to God because we can't, you know, because typically when we're praying, if we're petitioning for something in need or, or you know whatever it is, uh, if we're praying for someone's health or my own health or just a, a bad situation that we need Him to intervene in, to us that's burdensome, you know, because it is. That's it's something that takes a part of our energy hmm. uh, and our just ourselves. I, I don't think God has a limited amount of energy like we do. It's not a burden to Him. Right. And I know it's hard for us to grasp a lot of times. It's hard for me to grasp a lot of times. So in our in my praying, it can feel like, well, here I am again, God, you know. But He's like, I'm, I'm not worn out. Right. I, you know, I heard your prayer. I'm hearing it again. I'll hear it the next time. I'll continue to hear it. Um, so... That's it's easy to fall into that. I guess for me, I know it's like my human nature, or my human feelings, or my human limitations of what it feels like to me. But he's not—he's not limited like I yeah. am. So what I'm hearing you say, mm-hmm. kind of a couple of times now, is because you've kind of capitalized on one-upping Spurgeon. <laughs> You're becoming the new Spurgeon, oh. Aaron Spurgeon. Stay tuned. Another motive for prayer, and for anyone who thinks we're serious. (laughs) We are. No. (laughs) Totally different. I've never meant something more in my life. Not Uh, that I don't think you could be. I can't. (laughs) I I cannot one up Spurgeon. Okay. But if anybody could believe in you. It would be yeah. me. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. Another motive for prayer. 
the text brings before us is that we all need pardon daily. I hope that all of you pray unto God daily for the forgiveness of sins. I'm sure that all the godly among you do so. If you commit no sins, then the Savior made a great mistake when he left us the prayer, forgive us our trespasses. What's the need of that petition if we have no trespasses to be forgiven? But for this, that is, for the pardon of his sin, everyone who is godly will pray unto the Lord. And everyone who is godly will pray unto God because he has received the pardon of sin. You remember when you made your confession to the judge of all and received absolution from him. You, you recollect when with broken heart and downcast eye you acknowledged your sin unto him and he put away all your transgression. Well then, that is the reason why you should always be praying. He who heard you then will still hear you. He who put away your sin then will continue to put away your sin by that foot washing that he gives to us continually. Blessed be God. We shall not cease to pray for pardon, although we have received pardon. We will crave the daily renewal of the divine token of reconciliation. If we received it when we were sinners, much more shall we receive it now that we are reconciled to God by the death of his Son. If we received it when we were outcast, how much more shall we receive it now that we are his dear children? Man, just, just encouragement sprinkled all throughout this whole book, man. We will crave the daily renewal of the divine token of reconciliation. Man, I don't... It, it got me thinking, like, if, if we didn't have, if I didn't have struggles, would I still pray? You know, like, if we just, if everything was just perfect all the time, would I, would I pray? I mean, I would, I like to say that I would, you know, but I feel like that would, if we don't have those... And maybe we'll get into that here in the next couple of points or something. But um, I, f I feel like the, the, it's, it's important to remember that we have to have uh, just a mindset that I'm, I feel like I'm going back to the same point over and over again. <laughs> when we struggle, like it's not just it's, it's good to, to pray when we struggle. Yeah. I don't know if I'm even on the same point. I'm just, I'm just floating all over the place right now. There with the Spurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proving my point now. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Question. He says, uh, we should not cease to pray for pardon, although we've received pardon. Mm. I've heard different, different schools of thought. Mm -hmm. um, one that says exactly what he just said and, and what Scripture says is pray for... Uh, like forgive us our trespasses, uh, pray for pardon, essentially. Mm. But then I've heard other people say, uh, well, you you have pardon. So right. so praying for pardon is, you're not asking for re-forgiveness because mm -hmm. you'd be asking for uh, another cross, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so not for, forgive me of this sin, but remind me of the forgiveness I already have in Christ. Mm. Where do you land mm. with that? <laughs> With Spurgeon. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. What he said. That's where I land. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, going back to, like, the uh, illustration of, of, of children. Like, even though, you know, I may offend my parents, you know, w w when I do offend my parents, I still ask for, hey, will you forgive me? Like, I'm still your child. You know, it's not like, hey, I'm sorry, will you, can I be your child again and every, <laughs> every time I mess up? Like, right. it's... I'm still your child, but I'm doing things that offend you. Hmm. And so I still need you to forgive me of that. Even though 
Mm, I was going to say they've already forgiven. They haven't already forgiven me, but like, you, you know, they're going to yeah. essentially, you know, I, I hope so. If they're good. Mom and dad. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not like a, I mean, I guess there's something you could do that maybe your parents wouldn't forgive you of, but, um, but obviously we're talking about human parents here. Yeah. The God who obviously has already forgiven us through Christ. Um, you don't just, oh, Hey, you know what? You know, I was going to do this sin, So, we're chill, bro. Like, right. no, like, forgive me, will you? You know, hmm. does that answer the yeah. kind of the question? Yeah, it does. It's helpful for me, honestly. Yeah. Um, nice. Because, uh, like, there is that, there is a sense in which Eden, my daughter, can, can never lose, uh, like, I will always love her. And so there's a sense in which when she does something wrong or, you know, disobeys or whatever hits, you know, whatever phase she's in, um, like forgiveness is waiting. I'm, I'm ready to forgive. Like I'm, I'm happy to forgive because I love her that much. Like I, uh, if she even starts to utter the words, I'm like, Oh, I forgive you. Um, and so like in, in that sense, what you're saying is, uh, like the, your, your parent, your, your, whoever that is probably has already forgiven you mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, like, right. or at least is ready for it to happen. Yeah. Uh, just waiting for you to, to come along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he says, coming back to the quote, we shall not cease to pray for pardon, although we've already received pardon. Um, like we, we have it mm-hmm. yet. There is still a sense in which we should pray for it. Right. Hmm. Right. Well, well done. Mm-hmm. Just like a, a few sentences later, he goes on and says, The Lord takes care to keep us praying, does he not? By giving us constant needs. This is what you just said. <laughs> Suppose that I had a friend upon whom I was dependent and whose society I greatly loved, and that he said to me, I will give you in a lump sum as much money as will last you till this time next year, and then you can come and see me and receive another year's portion. Or... As you like to come to my house, would you prefer to have the amount quarterly? I should reply, well, I'll choose a latter plan, for then I should come to you four times in the year and have four dinners with you. Well, then, would you like it monthly? Oh, yes, I would like to come monthly and spend a day with you every month. Perhaps, says he, would you like to come daily? Oh, yes, I should prefer that. I should like to have a daily portion at your table. Perhaps you would like to stop with me always. Perhaps you would like to receive everything from my own hand and have nothing but what I give you. Ah, yes, my friend. This continual indebtedness, this constant dependence would give me so many opportunities of better knowing you whom I love so much that I should like to have it so. You who like may go and gather a week's manna. It will stink before the end of the week. I like to have mine fresh every day just as it comes warm from the ovens of heaven and ready for the heavenly appetite of the man who learns to live upon the daily gift of God. For this shall everyone who is godly pray unto God. He shall have trouble to drive him, he shall have grace to draw him, he shall have weights to lift him, and they shall be adjusted so that though they threaten to hold him down, they shall really raise him up. There's there's a ton there. <laughs> Where do we start? Um, but he... It's exactly what you said in that uh, prayer comes, or like a, a, a motivation to pray comes from our need to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's one way. Um, and then he says, like the whole thing of 
that friend that says, I can give you a year's worth mm-hmm. or you like, but the point is spending time. Right. And, and, and that's what Spurgeon I think was getting at. It's like, uh, you can come once a year. There's not a ton of relationship there, and mm-hmm. you, but you can come daily. Uh, and, and, but like he, he only says, you can go and gather a week's manna, but it'll stink by the end <laughs> of the week. Uh, I like to have mine fresh every day. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a refreshing way no pun intended, to think about prayer. Like mm-hmm. the, my daily portion is out there mm-hmm. awaiting me. Um, why would I ever say or think like, I could, I could do it later. Right. Oh, I could, I could spend time with the greatest <laughs> being in all of the universe. I could do that later. Yeah. That would be silly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you. and it just uh, reflecting back on, I probably multiple previous episodes, like the privilege of being able to pray, like to to speak to the Creator, and how we should, how I should be, so much more uh, desirous. Is that a word? Yeah, desirous to do that. You know, I mean, if somebody came in and was like, "Hey, man, uh, you know, Luka Doncic wants to hang out, you know, tomorrow night and go have dinner." I would freak out. Like, like, dude, yeah. I mean, I probably won't understand half the stuff he's saying because he's Slovenian, whatever accent, something. Um, But, like, I would be super excited. And they said, hey, do you want to do this, you know, every day for the next however long, whatever? Yeah, sure. Why not? Sounds cool. I mean, unless he's not a cool guy to hang out with. But (laughs) I would assume he would be at least for a while. But, like, I should be that excited to... Hmm hang out with you know to pray to god like i mean that's to have that moment of of communion that moment of intimacy with him that he provides for us (sighs) it's like exciting but also frustrating i frustrate myself yeah i feel like these are the exact words i've said before but like i frustrate (laughs) myself at how little i pray even if i prayed a ton it would still be too little yeah man it's, it's funny, though. Like, I think about myself as a kid. Maybe some people did. Um, so I can't speak for everyone. I only speak for me, clearly. <laughs> um, but I never got tired of hanging out with my parents. You know, like, I maybe somewhere in the teenage years I did. I You'd have to ask them. I don't super remember. Um, but, like, genuinely on, on some level, I always loved hanging out with them. Like, just yeah. sitting there watching the Cowboys and suffering together or um, any sort of show or, you know, going outside to play or anything like that. I always loved that. And so to, to say, well, here's something actually a father that is a thousand times better. And I had a great dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you can literally spend time with him every single day, every moment of every day. Uh, and yet I, I, somehow grow tired of that right uh there's one one writer that says essentially what i just said is like yawning at a tiger mm. you know it's like eh, that's not that impressive it's just a tiger it's just a um, like that's silly mm. <laughs> you could see a tiger a million times and the million time you're like this is still an Incredible amazing thing. beast yeah. yeah maybe if you're seeing it from behind a fence or something i don't know but yeah um if you're seeing it face to face that's like a It'll do something to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm, mm. 
as you as much frustration you have with your own self, I am also as frustrated with myself. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone in yeah. my frustration. And if I'm not want. glad, but it, yeah. it's it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, I can be frustrated at you. Yeah, I'll okay. be frustrated at you. Perfect. And then we're square. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and then nobody else has to be. We got it covered. <clears throat> it goes on. Our Heavenly Father has never meant to cuddle us up and keep us out of temptation. For that is no part of the system He has wisely arranged for our, for our education. He does not mean us to be babies in carriages all our lives. He made Adam and Eve in the garden, and He did not put an iron palisade around the tree of knowledge and say, You cannot get at it. No, He warned them not to touch the fruit, but they could reach the tree if they would. He meant that they should have the possibility of attaining the dignity of voluntary fidelity if they remained steadfast, but they lost it by their sin. And God means in his new creation not to shield his people from every kind of test and trial, for that were to breed hypocrite, hypocrites and to keep even the faithful weak and dwarfish. The Lord does something. The Lord does sometimes put the chosen where they are tried, and we do right to pray. Lead us not into temptation. Hmm. That last line, the Lord does sometimes put the chosen where they are tried. And we do right to pray, lead us not into temptation. Uh, this got me thinking, and this is slightly, this isn't going to get deep. Don't <laughs> You gave me the head nod like, oh, this is going to be good. No, 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 no. <laughs> this isn't the home run. But it just, uh, just kind of another angle. Like, obviously, you know, there, there's a reason why we go through some of these temptations. So we will lean on him. Um, but also, we don't know what temptations or trials other people are going through too. And so to, like, I was like, man, I don't really pray for, like, I know when, if you have an injury or someone has a surgery coming up or if they're sick with cancer or, uh, you know, just a certain struggle that they've shared and we know about that, then I, I pray for that. Uh, but I was like, man, I should, I should be praying for people's temptation like the temptations that I don't know about because they're going through the same ones that I'm going through or that somebody's going through. We're all struggling with some sort of temptation at some point. Um, and I don't think I, I, I know I do sometimes, but not as fervently or frequently as I should. Hmm. Um, cause I know there are things that I go through that nobody else knows about. It'd be pretty cool if I knew somebody else was praying for those things too, you know, like yeah. the, how comforting that would be, I guess. And that's not a, cry for help or anything but but like you know what i mean like that's we we that's i'm not saying anything that not that everybody isn't going through too or that we essentially know about right. but that's what got it got me thinking about that like i said maybe a little bit off topic not off topic but off of his particular point there yeah. but i was like man i should i should really be praying for other people things that i don't know what's going the temptations they're going through it, i mean it says lead us not into temptation not <laughs> don't lead me into temptation yeah. lead us we should all be praying that for each other. Hmm. Anyway, that was a random off thought. I like it though. <laughs> Didn't notice the us there mm -hmm. before. Well, there you go. Uh, I just thought it was about, you know, like, I've got a couple of personalities. <laughs> the, the new and the old me. Let us. Um, the, to, to think about, I mean, again, he just puts it so simply, so eloquently. But like to say, 
he doesn't mean us to be babies in carriages all our lives. Like, just show, it's like, oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Like when you grow up, things get harder, uh, and that's what makes you into a grown up. That's what makes you into a man or a woman is you have trials and you fail through some of that and you stand up and then you do it again and like that's what happens like especially in walking you fall and then you get up and then but like now falling is a a rare occurrence for me um (laughs) might not be for everyone of course but um to to think through those lines of yeah we're not meant to be babies all the time Mm -hmm. but then the, the the craziest thought went through my head when he is describing, like he didn't put an iron palisade or, or gates around the tree and say like, no, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. He's saying, you you can, but I've commanded you not to. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, oh mm. man, yeah, that's my entire life, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, and so just the way that he brought that to life a little bit was like, man, yeah. they were there. They totally could have had a perfect eternity, mm-hmm. and yet they didn't. And I, I say that with no, like it would have been me too, mm-hmm. uh, probably faster. I would have been the one to eat the fruit, you know. Like a, but <laughs> get out of my way, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yet, I mean, it's. I I just thought it was a good, a good picture mm-hmm. to point out of like. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he warned them. But they could totally do it. Right. And that's... Mm-hmm. To, okay. To, to frame that, to, to say like what that means in real life is like there are, there are times in life where you're going to have temptation, obviously, uh, but yet in some strange way, in some mysterious way, God has allowed that mm-hmm. for your good mm-hmm. and for his glory. How that makes any sense I think we'll know in eternity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll know in glory, but at the same time, uh, is helpful to know on, on days like today where I will be tempted. Like that's part of the plan somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it is. I can't tell you any reason why it is necessarily, but uh, it is part of the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a ramble. No, that's a good point though. I got that's lost in point. my own head. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's good to remember that. You're just too kind. <laughs> he goes on uh, with a really unique story. I've read in history that two men were condemned to die as martyrs in the burning days of Queen Mary. One of them boasted loudly to his companion of his confidence that he should play the man at the stake. He did not mind the suffering. He was so grounded in the gospel that he knew he should never deny it. He said that he longed for the fatal morning even as a bride for the wedding. His companion in prison in the same chamber was a poor, trembling soul who could not and would not deny his master, but he was very much afraid of the fire. He had said he had, uh, he said he had always been sensitive of suffering, and he was in great dread that when he began to burn, the pain might cause him to deny the truth. He asked his friend to pray for him, and he spent this time, his time weeping over his weakness and crying to God for strength. The other continually rebuked him and chided him for being so unbelieving and weak. When they both came to the stake, he who had been so bold recanted at the sight of the fire and went back ignominiously to an apostate's life. The poor trembling man, whose prayer had been, lead me not into temptation, stood firm as a rock. 
praising and magnifying God as he was burnt to a cinder. Weakness is our strength, and our strength is weakness. Cry unto God that he try you not beyond your strength, and in the shrinking tenderness of your conscience, conscious weakness, breathe out the prayer, lead us not into temptation. Then, if he does lead you into the conflict, his Holy Spirit will strengthen you, and you will be brave as a lion before the adversary. Though trembling and shrinking within yourself before the throne of God, you would confront the very devil and all the hosts of hell without one touch of fear. It may seem strange, but so the case is. First of all, had you ever heard that story? I don't think I have. I haven't. Mm -mm. I've, I've heard of Play the Man. I've heard that somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it was like Shakespeare or something like that, but I've, I've yeah. heard of that phrase. I don't right. know if it came from this. Sort yeah, of, but know. in my head, I thought it was going to be like, oh, well, the guy who was you know, kind of proud, you know, he, well, he was going to be the one who was fine and the other guy would have uh, run away. But yet, mm -hmm. to, to flip that story and say, no, weakness is our strength. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to say, like, he, he was burnt to a cinder and yet never turned, never mm -hmm. said, no, this, this Christ isn't good enough for me. To, to say, lead us not into temptation, knowing he might. To say, mm. lead me not to martyrdom, but he might. Mm. Uh, is I, That's the key. But I'm saying that unconfidently or without confidence because I don't, I obviously ha, have such weak faith to, to know. Like, <laughs> uh, to can't, I can't say that confidently. I can't right. say that that's the key. Because I've never been there before, right. um, but it feels like that's the key from this story: is uh, pray for it, ask for it. God, please don't let this happen. But it might happen, and if it does, God will provide you the strength. Yeah, yeah. I think we've heard that story before, and Jesus, the cross. No. Let this cup pass from me now. Mm -hmm. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of tough because like i we, we want to be strong you know and so i think finding our our strength in our weakness um is difficult at times but like even reading this like literally when it said he did not mind the suffering um he was so grounded in the gospel that he knew he should never deny it i was like oh yeah that's that's you know that's the guy that's the one and then he's the guy that failed like but like i feel like i mean Maybe, I don't know if it's weird. I guess maybe everybody, not everybody, maybe people have, scratch all that. <laughs> I have thought about like, what if I have to face that? You know, we, if I have to face martyrdom um, or any, any any type of adverse situation because of my faith, um, will I be strong enough? And like, I, I, I think in, to myself, yeah, I, I would be strong enough to, to stand up for Christ. But is, is that because I think that I'm strong enough or is it because I think that he is strong enough in me? I don't know. Like, I, mean, right. I, I mean, I know what is true, but like, because I want to be the one that's that's strong enough in that moment, it, that's that, that's difficult. Like, I think that's hard. If, if it came down to that moment, I don't, like part of me wants to say I could do both, you know, like, oh yeah, I could stand firm and strong. And then when it gets to that point, I could then turn to Jesus, you know, but it's like, uh, you know, I should have been aware that, or I should already have been, 
admitting my weakness in, right. in that moment, like the second guy. Uh, this tough. Yeah. This tough. So it's almost yeah. like a, a matter of divine, God-given character mm -hmm. to say, um, I'm I'm terrified. Uh, in in the moment. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So here's what I guess I'm trying to say. Everybody is probably really good at doing something they've never done before in their head. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I was a great parent until I became a parent. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, if you think along the same lines, well, I might be a great martyr until I become a martyr, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then when that day comes, like, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be because it's real life. Now it's reality. Yeah. Now everything that you thought might not ever happen to you, it's actually happening. Mm. And so what matters the most in that moment is, well, character. Yeah. Uh, deep, deeply rooted conviction and, and trust. But all of that, again, comes from God. And right. so... Mm -hmm. We're, there's no way to live this life without God giving us everything, <laughs> right? Which is always true, but mm -hmm. it's just never more true than when you see stories like that. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Good story, though. I'm, yeah. I'm glad he put that in there. It's good. Do you know anything about Queen Mary? I don't think so. Not right, as much have... as I should. <laughs> I want to now. Yeah, that's an intriguing. Yeah, this will get me studying. Yeah, yeah. Some. Some guy who loves that story is uh, listening up. <laughs> Never heard of Queen Mary? <laughs> Are you even Christians? <clears throat> uh, well, to for kind of our, our final quote from the book, he says, As we breathe without ceasing, so must we pray without ceasing. As there is no attainment in life of health or of strength or of muscular vigor that can place a man beyond the necessity of breathing, so no condition of spiritual growth or advance in grace will allow a man to dispense with prayer. Never give up praying. Not even though Satan should suggest to you that it is in vain for you to cry unto God. If for a while the heavens are as brass and your prayer only echoes in thunder above your head, pray on. If month after month your prayer appears to have miscarried and no reply has come to you, yet still continue to dry nigh, draw nigh unto the Lord. Do not abandon the mercy seat for any reason whatever. If it be a good thing that you have been asking for, and you are sure it is according to the divine will, if the vision tarry, wait for it. Pray, weep, entreat, wrestle, agonize till you get that which you were praying for. If your heart be cold in prayer, do not restrain prayer until your heart warms, but pray your soul unto heat by the help of the ever-blessed Spirit who helps our infirmities. If the iron be hot, then hammer it. And if it be cold, hammer it till you heat it. Never cease prayer for any sort of reason or argument. If the philosopher should tell you that every event is fixed, and therefore prayer cannot possibly change anything, and thus must be folly, still go on with your supplications. No difficult problem concerning digestion would prevent your eating, for the result justifies the practice. And so no quibble should make us cease prayer, for the assured success of it commends it to us. You know what your God has told you. So resolve to be obedient to the divine will and pray without ceasing. Never, never, never renounce the habit of prayer or your confidence in its power. Man, oh man. My refrigerator is getting full. 
But <laughs> if your heart be cold in prayer, do not restrain prayer until your heart warms, but pray your soul into unto heat by the help of the ever-blessed Spirit who helps our infirmities. If the iron be hot, then hammer it. And if it be cold, hammer it till you heat it. Golly, man, like, uh, I probably speak for a lot of people when I say that, like, it's it's the opposite. It's like, uh, you know, I'm feeling cold. I'm feeling distant. I just don't feel like praying right now. Dude, get on your knees. That's, you feel cold because you're not praying. Like, uh, what a good reminder, man. I just, that, that fired me up, man. That, I, it's hot now. I don't know. <laughs> My iron is hot. Uh, but it's, it's, like I said, for me and probably for a lot of people, it's so easy just to get lax in, in those, I'm going to say it. It's another pet, not pet peeve, but Christian phrase in this season. You know, we all have the seasons where we're like, you know, just kind of a little lull a little bit. Um, and that's the time we need to be down petitioning you know mm. seeking the, the face of god the, the mercy seat all the things oh that was good that yeah. was that was a really good way to to, to end well it didn't end the book but to end the right, episode right. i guess well i've had this conversation with a, uh, a couple of friends of mine that um you know like what what comes first the motivation or the the prayer the motivation or the reading um it's kind of well different seasons. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like praying. Other times I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but who am I to say, oh, I feel like I shouldn't? Well, I shouldn't then. You know, like, who am I to say, who am I to put myself in the seat of the, I don't know, the sustainer of the universe and mm -hmm. say like, no, this is actually what's really good for my soul is to not do this. Um, <laughs> and so like I've had that conversation of, well, should should we pray even though we don't feel like it to read, even though we don't feel like it? it's like, yes, but why? It's like, well, because it will come, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it will, if you drive your roots down deeper in a season of drought, uh, hmm. if you're a tree, that might not be the case if you're... I don't know, there, there might not be water down there. With God, there's always something. You, yeah. you can't ever drive your roots too deep or or you know if you are getting down deeper and you're like well there's nothing here now it's well go deeper go further pray more uh, there's always something with this mm -hmm. god and it's uh it's hard to even fathom that like it doesn't make sense but it makes so much sense <laughs> and it's such a heartwarming thing to realize it's like man mm -hmm. we can't ever mine the grace of God. Like we can't ever mm. find its depth or its mm. width or anything. Like yeah. We can't weigh it out. It's it's always more. Mm. And to, I guess, close the analogy, uh, those are the trees that are the strongest, mm. that have driven their roots down deeper in times of drought that yeah. can withhold now great storms. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Well, and, and we've, talked about over and over again the the <clears throat> the infinite privilege of being able to pray so in the moments like it, as incredible as just prayer in itself is whatever you're praying for the fact that you're praying is immensely incredible so if you don't feel like praying 
and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm feeling, you know, cold, whatever. Uh, you know, I don't know what to pray for. Pray for that. Like that, <laughs> that's what you pray for. Pray right. for pray for the desire to pray. Like, and I know that sounds weird, and that's probably hard. It's easier said than done, obviously. But there you go. Start with that, Aaron. Like, right. if you don't feel like praying, you should because of how amazing it is. So pray for that, and then maybe pray for everything else. Hmm. I'm not fired up at all about it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> no, I like it, man. <clears throat> so, would you recommend? Spurgeon to other folks. I mean, if there's nothing else, okay. like, <laughs> yes, Spurgeon all day, every day. I mean, that's too much, but uh, yeah. yeah, man, he's, I mean, I mean, just these, and these are just snippets out of a, a, you know, of one of the, I don't know, what does he have? Seven books maybe about Spurgeon in the world, probably maybe eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just chock full of just goodness, man. Mm. Yeah. The Spurge. Bringing the heat. The Spurge. So good. Well, um, to, I mean, obviously we recommend the book. Yes. Buy it. <laughs> if you don't want to buy it or if you don't have the money to buy it, we'll give you ours. Uh, mine does have some extra love <laughs> from my daughters. Um, costs a little bit extra. <laughs> Sentimental value. But uh, in, in all seriousness, if, if you would like this book, We've got two. <laughs> we don't have any more than that. Uh, but to, to close this out, and in thinking of this priority of prayer, let us not neglect obedience so that our prayers are not offered up rebelliously. Not sinlessly, we, we sin. We cannot offer up a perfect prayer. The mercy seat was designed for sinners to come to, but let us strive to do so repentantly, obediently. If we feel too sinful, let us remember that we are his friends, his children. As much as we think to eat, as often as we get hungry, let us get hungry for fellowship and relationship with our Father. If it's been hard, if we are in great temptation, this was also God's design. So let us not neglect prayer. If we are weak, let us be weak, that he may be strong for us. And let us never for a moment cease our strivings to pray. Until next time, this has been Aaron Alvarado and me, Jacob Simmons, and we are Made for Another World.